I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Ladies and gentlemen, Nick is no longer suspended from Twitter. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> He's back. It was less than 24 hours, but it felt like a really long time. <laughs> we have some issues with Twitter right now because... They did not give Nick Z- uh, any reasons at all. Any, they, didn't, they didn't give me any notice, so my account was suspended for like a day. What they, was it? Like twelve hours? Like, yeah, no, it was it was longer than that, but it was less than twenty four. <laughs> how does that? I, I'm just so I'm so intrigued of like how the whole process works because Nick and I we like we're texting about him like they should have some type of like number system of if you like break some like code it's like oh you this broken number that, yeah. three which is whatever it is like you said a joke about Abusive somebody's or mom harmful, yeah. or something like that like <laughs> something like I don't know something along those lines or at least contact like at least. Send it should at least email. send you My an email. Yeah. Exactly. It's so saying something. So I didn't get any notice or anything. I just I just literally opened the app and it said your account has been suspended. And so then it's like go to the Twitter rules to see to learn more about suspended accounts. It's the only thing. It was just this pop-up window that showed up and it wouldn't let me look through my Twitter feed. It said that I had zero followers and I was following zero people. It was like this was the weirdest experience. I could only see this top tweet. Uh, I could only see like the most recent tweet that I I saw in my feed before I got suspended. So it was like this, just like a random tweet from a random person. And then I submitted a you know like a you know trouble ticket or whatever you want to call it like a um, yeah. And I got an, an instant email from that that was like okay yeah you you submitted this blah 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 you hear from us shortly. And that was the only email I ever got in this whole process. And then all of a sudden, it was just back. And I was just allowed to go back on my account. I don't know. You're, no clue. I still have Nick, no Nick, clue. Nick, what was that feeling like when you opened the app and you could tweet again? <laughs> it was a free... Like, I imagine it was like Jesus felt when he was raised again after the third day. And he just came back and he was like, I'm about to show all of them the business. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, it took me a little bit, uh, I was, I got, I don't even know where I was at. Oh, I was at church just early this morning and I was like sitting there and I was in the office and I was like scrolling through stuff and I saw, I saw your name on my timeline and it took a second to recognize. I'm like, wait, Nick's back. <laughs> That's when I texted you and all that. Oh man. So yeah, there you go. I don't know. Most people don't really care about that story, but I'm back. <laughs> Back on Twitter. You can follow me at Nick Van Exit. You can follow Isaac at Isaac L. Harris. You can follow us, Locked on Mavs. By the way, we haven't no- we haven't noted this since being on the podcast. We passed 1,000 followers on Locked on Mavs Twitter Heck account. Yeah. Thank you, guys. There's a, uh, there's a very nice uh, story about a raccoon for the raccoon squad on, on the Mavs Twitter and Locked on Mavs Twitter right now. It is courtesy of our friend uh, John Thornton Jr. So thank you for that, man. Oh, John Thornton. Thank you. Thank you for your... Uh, we, uh, also, 
We will re- accept and receive any DMs or tweets about raccoon stories. Any kind of raccoon story. because Any kind the, of story. We call that, the listeners of the Lockdown Maps the Raccoon Squad. It's a long story, but that's what we call it. That video not too long ago of, of the raccoon climbing, climbing the, building, the building. Yeah. That and then great. just takes a nosedive and still lives. I'm like... Those are, that defines the dedicated fans right there. <laughs> so we call them the Raccoon Squad. It's a, it's a longer story than just that, but it's my yes, yes. It really has nothing to do with that video. But uh, <laughs> now anything with raccoons that we see, uh, we claim it. Yeah, we do for sure. So uh, shout out to you guys. Uh, we also had a great week, you know, with listens and downloads and everything. Uh, honestly, you guys are just crushing it. You're listening to every single podcast. The uh, the post game podcast that we did was our most listened to. Uh, episode in one day um, over the last couple weeks here, so we really the one appreciate we did that. Like 1 it was on a, in the and we we dropped it on a Sunday essentially. So and that's that's kind of unheard of. So appreciate that. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that are, are super interested in the maps right now, and uh, and we're trying to bring you all the content we can. We did we just did like 12 podcasts in 13 days. And it's probably going to be like 19 and 20 days after this week. <laughs> yeah, because we're not stopping. We're continuing to do our player previews. Today we're doing Dennis Smith Jr. And we got a whole bunch more stuff coming ahead. And then um, we're probably going to do a live stream either Monday when you're like today when you're listening to this or Friday after the game or both. <laughs> so we could do a lockdown. We don't know yet yeah we haven't decided yet so we're gonna do we're gonna do at least do one lockdown mavs live stream sometime this week so be be following our twitter accounts and be following um my youtube and twitch accounts and we will uh we'll broadcast from there so that's kind of what we're looking at this week the mavs are headed to china they're not practicing they didn't practice on sunday they're not practicing today on monday if you're listening and so there's not really a ton of news going on right now there's not really i asked isaac before we recorded i said is there any like stories or anything we're missing it's like no kind of the hangover from preseason game we, we did our whole recap of the preseason game. So if you're listening to this, you're saying, oh, I want to know more about the preseason, the first preseason game against the Beijing Ducks, go back in your feed one more. And we talked all about it. We broke it all down. I also went on Locked on NBA and talked with uh, Josh Lloyd about the Mavericks and Luka, Luka Doncic and all the stuff. So you can go listen to Locked on NBA if you want to get me and Josh talking about it. Uh, I, made, I made a connection. And you're a football guy, so you understand this. Uh-uh. I equated Luka Doncic playing the other night, and and Josh asked me positionally what stood out to me about Luka, you know, playing the four a lot. And I talked about how Luka played, you know, one through five at, at varying different points, and I compared him to Darren Sproles. Hmm. Positionally, because you can you can put him in a diff, bunch of different areas, and he's still going to be effective. He's still going to do his yeah. thing, and you can just put him like with Darren Sproles. You put him at tailback. You can put him at you know in the slot as a slot receiver. You can kind of put him out to the outside and have him you know streak down the field. You can just do a lot of different things with Darren Sproles on a football field. And I think Luka Doncic kind of has that same sort of game. Yeah, I mean, hopefully a bigger superstar than what uh, Darren Sproles is in football, but the versatility for sure uh, because Darren Sproles gets used everywhere <laughs> on the field but I like it I like the analogy anyway so today we're doing our preview of Dennis Smith Jr. it's gonna be interesting there's you know Dennis Smith Jr. is gonna have a, a he has a fascinating season ahead of him 
Um, he had a nice preseason game. We didn't talk about him a ton in the recap, so in this in this podcast, I guess we'll talk about him a little bit. Um, but we'll do the format like we've been doing all these other player previews. We will talk about the biggest questions surrounding Dennis Smith Jr., as well as the best-case scenario and the worst-case scenario for his season. Then we'll probably do an, an over-under bet. We've done all of these uh, so far. We've done um, Luca's assist per game, 7.5, you know, over-under. We've done Dirk games played, 72, over-under. Harrison Barnes points per game 20. Harrison Barnes assists per game three and a half. Wes Matthews three point percentage 39 and a half. Uh, DeAndre Jordan free throw percentage 59 and a half, 59.9. We agreed yes. on that one because if you got the over, you have 60. But if it's anything under that, um, we haven't talked about what we're going to do if there's a push on any of these. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> Coin flip. <laughs> Uh, and I'd like to try to get the get the raccoon squad in this at some point with the over unders to see if we can get votes somehow or, or something like that. So once we have these all compiled, we'll we'll put them out for everybody in some way, whether it's a, that would be a thread of polls or something. A threat yeah, a thread of polls or you know, a survey monkey or something crazy, you know, that we'll do just to get everybody so that we know um, who voted for what. But all right, Isaac. There we go. That was our long introduction, talking about what's coming up this week. We're doing more player previews. We're doing the live stream at some point. We've got games. We have a game on Friday, uh, and it's Not it's but early. early. <laughs> it's but early on Friday, so we will have a podcast for you, and we will probably. Uh, I don't know. We probably won't record record one Thursday night. We'll do one for Friday, like after the game. Yeah. So like because the game will probably be on while most of y'all would normally be listening to a podcast. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so we'll figure all that out. It's just a very interesting schedule going forward. <laughs> yes, and so excited for the upcoming games. Two games against Philly in China. Yeah, um, I mean Ben Simmons versus Luca, and that's going to be uh, just fun to see all around. And uh, yeah. Obviously, we've heard from uh, Luca haters, Mavs haters, all that stuff of like, oh, it's just the Beijing Ducks. Um, so, yeah, it'll be the really first uh, kind of bigger test for him. It is kind of funny, though, that we still haven't seen Luca in like a normal NBA game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like he played with Real Madrid against, you know, NBA teams, and then he's played in like FIBA and, you know, stuff like that. And then. And then then he played against the Beijing Ducks in his first game with an NBA team. And now he's like playing against with an NBA team, playing against an NBA team, but they're playing in China. And so there's sort of a caveat that, you know, records kind of go out the window when you go to China because it's just the time zones change and who knows what's going on and all this kind of stuff. So uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird <laughs> that he still hasn't played like a normal NBA game. Yeah. All right. When we come back. We'll get started on our player preview with uh, Dennis Smith Jr. A lot of good stuff to talk about with Dennis. I'm excited to talk about it. All right, Isaac. Dennis Smith Jr. heading into his second season with the Dallas Mavericks. His rookie year was a uh, up-and-down kind of year. He played 69 games. Uh, he played a nice 69 games and uh, was voted the second-team all-rookie, which was uh, – you forget that Yogi Ferrell was second team all rookie. Like I feel like every sec- yeah. second second uh, team all rookie, they're not created equal, and you forget a lot of them. It's probably the most forgotten award, <laughs> I think. Um, but he was named to that. He uh, did not shoot particularly well. That's going to be a big thing for him. And uh, average fifteen points, 
5.2 assists, 3.8 rebounds, a steal, uh, 2.8 turnovers, which isn't too bad. His assist turnover rate wasn't terrible for a rookie, um, but didn't shoot particularly well. Coming into this season, he now has Luka Doncic, and he's not ne- Luka's not necessarily breathing down his neck. We see this with a lot of, of a lot of players where they play the same position, or they're trying to you know both trying to control the ball, and you're like, man, this guy now has all this pressure and. He's got this guy coming up behind him that's going to take away all his spotlight and stuff. I don't think we have that with Dennis and Luca. He it, Luca is going to take some of the spotlight for sure, and we speculated about that all summer. But they play they play different enough that I think that they're still going to be able to stand out. That you know Dennis won't get completely overshadowed. Yeah, we talked about that spotlight because last season, you know, Dennis was our first like it's like a, the firstborn. Like he the was first our first prodigy, our first young, you know, young one uh, to really, really get excited about. And, uh, you know, all, the whole spotlight was on him, his dunks and every little highlight he did and going all star weekend. Just everything was about Dennis, even though the season uh, win total was not where everybody wanted yeah. it to be, uh, or at least people who were cheering for wins. Um, <laughs> Dennis was, you know, Dennis was everything. And now Luca comes along and he is, um, Close to everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, and Dennis clearly moves to the Robin role as far as the spotlight. And, um, you know, so far it seems like it seems from the outside, from media perspective, that everything's going good. They have a good friendship. Luca mentioned it yesterday after the game uh, in his post-game comments that that was on the pod yesterday that you can go back and listen to. Oh, yeah. he mentioned, he said, you know, we have a great friendship and everything. I mean, they play like Fortnite together every single day. So <laughs> that their relationship is, is key. And it's really cool to see how much it's uh, really just hit off right off the bat. But for Dennis, when we previewed DeAndre and we previewed uh, Wesley Matthews, we're like, it's pretty cut and dry what you're going to get with those guys. Yeah. And even Harrison to an extent, but Dennis is the one player that it could go all over the place. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, it could, I mean, you if you told me, like, five different stat lines, I could be like, yeah, I could see all of these stat lines in some scenarios. Like, there are only a few. There's, a like, a, a general stat line for Wes, for DeAndre, even, like, Harrison, that I'd be like, okay, this is what they clump into. Yeah. But there are there, there, there is a world where there is an extreme, like, low stat line or a low season for Dennis, and there is a world where, like, he just completely excels and take, takes a huge step. So he's the hardest one to predict for this upcoming season, in my opinion. Um of like returning players and just all that different stuff. But, you know, he only dunks in gyms, okay? He only posts highlights of dunks. So that's, that's all the only he did thing, this summer. It's the only thing he <laughs> he works on. So so I actually I actually pulled up something. So last year a lot of people like threw out his his stat line of, you know, it's like, oh, he's overrated. He's just a highlight guy. You know, I hear that from people across the league and stuff like that. So he averaged 15 points, five assists, and and he shot 31% from three, which is not the greatest. But so just looking at those three things, those three outliers, there were 20 people, 20 players across the league last year that averaged 15 points, five assists, and shot at least 31% uh, from three. At least those lines. And the 20 players. So whatever you want to say with those 20 players, but when you start looking down the board at how many of them were point guards, 
you know, if you count James Harden, like I'm just going to name the people that are not point guards out of those 20. Yeah. LeBron, Jokic, Durant, Giannis. DeRozan, um, Lou Williams, Blake Griffin, Cousins, Tyreek Evans. That takes how many, you know, eight players out of that list, nine players? Boogie averaged These more are, than five assists last year. Who? Boogie. Boogie averaged 5.4. Wow. So this so these are the point guards on in this twenty list that averaged fifteen points, five assists, and shot over thirty one percent from three. Damian Lillard, James Harden, if you count James Harden as a point guard, Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul, Steph, Kyrie, Kimba, Drew Holiday, Eric Bledsoe, John Wall, and D'Angelo Russell. And then of course Dennis Smith Jr. So it's not like a horrible, horrible stat line because, like, it's not like Dennis had just like really bad season. You know, we never said he had a horrible season. It's just I I give that in a perspective because those are a lot outside of D'Angelo Russell and like Eric Bledsoe. All of those other guys are like big time point guard names. Okay, like we're talking like the top ten point guards in the league. So, why are you smiling? I'm gonna talk you down from this. I'm just. It was extremely inefficient in the, in those things. He, Fifteen. Oh points, no no! I'm gonna blast him in a second in synergy. In. Okay, so just get ready for okay, this. Okay, all right. Okay, I, it just seems like you're trying to defend him with this, and I, I just don't think that this is real. I'm gonna. De- I'm gonna. I defend it a little bit because it's not like his efficiency isn't there because synergy is not his best friend. Okay, uh, they are not no. buddies right now. Um, but I just want to give a little bit of perspective because I just. I feel like, especially outside media, it's kind of bled into Mavs of Dennis is just this highlight guy, and last year Mavs fans just overhyped him and overrated him because he did some cool dunks and stuff. And I'm just saying that it wasn't a great season last year, but it could have been a lot worse. And I feel like the perception of it was it was a very bad season. Yeah, he had a ton of of opportunities. His usage was massive. I mean, almost 30%. And usage is just how many opportunities you have, you know, field goal attempts, you know, passing the ball, things like that. Like anytime you used a possession. And he had that huge percentage, but he did put up numbers. Like you said, 15 and 5 is is nothing to sneeze at. At least he put up, you know, numbers in that in those opportunities. Um now his shooting was was pretty terrible. Um but yeah, I I think to me, it's it's hard to like try to come back from that. Like his shooting is so bad. I'm working on a I've been working on a piece for a long time about Dennis's shooting, and I'm not really I'm really haven't been sure where to take it. But here's here's some of those point guards that you mentioned in their rookie season, some of their shooting percentages. So Dennis last year shot thirty nine percent or thirty nine point five percent from the field. 31.3% from the three-point line. So less than 40% from the field, just over 30% from the three-point line. Here's some of these point guards, even though some of the ones that you just mentioned and what they shot in their rookie season. John Wall, 49 point, or 40.9% from the field, 29.6% from the three-point line. So just over 40 and just under 30. Kemba Walker, 36.6% from the field. So like... <laughs> Just over 36% from the field and 30.5% from the three-point line. Jeff Teague, 39.6% from the field and 21.9%. Jeff Teague is looked at as a good shooter now, and he didn't even shoot 22% from the three-point line his rookie year. Jamal Murray is a recent one, 
40.4% from the field and 33.4% from the three-point line. So, I mean, all these guys are just having struggled. And then Westbrook, 39.8% from the field and 27.1% from the three-point line. All these point guards in their rookie season struggled mightily from the three-point three line and even from the field. So, if you're going to look for some kind of redemption story for Dennis Smith Jr., and I think... Part of his story, part of the biggest question and the storyline around him is how can he improve from last season and how can he take on this new role as the Robin, like he said. Um, I mean, that, that is, is my, my – Part of that uh-huh. is that shooting has to improve, but there, there's those all those guys have improved greatly in shooting, and I think Dennis is going to be the next guy to do that. And that's my biggest question for him. Can he shoot the ball better? Yeah, it's really that simple. I think that's a good one. Like, can he shoot the ball better? So let's take a stroll down Synergy Lane. Oh, boy. Um, so Synergy breaks down, like we talked before, all the uh, different offensive uh, possessions from pick and roll, ball handler, isolation, transition, spot up, handoff, off screen cuts, offensive rebounds, putbacks, post up, blah, blah, blah. All right. There is only uh, one category, one of these categories that Dennis Smith Jr. ranks above. <laughs> 42% or higher in the league. 42% in like the percentile. So we're talking yes. if you put all the NBA players in a, you know, in a pool together and he's He up ranks there. in the 80th percentile. Uh gets the very good uh tab uh, under cuts. Hmm. Uh which is good cuz De- Luca is going to hit him on a lot of those. Yes, so he's very good at cutting uh Cutting, uh, it's cutting through the paint. Or at least he okay. was effective at that last year. <laughs> yes. Um, so then look at some of these other things. The big, the the biggest one that you have to look at because this is the biggest one that is going to be uh, highlighted with Luka Doncic is the one he, he got one of the lowest grades on. He got a below average. He was in the twenty eighth percentile, and this was spot up shots, and that's just point um, eight points per possession. Uh, he had, he shot the ball 138 times uh, on a spot up shot. And does it uh, have a catch and shoot category and a spot up category? Uh, let, let me because try to I pull feel it like up. those are different because a spot up could be a lot of a spot up and a pull up and a catch and shoot. It's kind of you know th- those are some of those are kind of subjective in the way that you look at them because you could have a you know a catch and shoot that could be a spot up, but then you I could, mean a, a no dribble jumper. He shot 38 percent. A no dribble jumper. Okay, off spot. To me, that's like a catch and shoot kind of deal. Yeah, uh, which he he didn't rank too bad in that. This is where it even where it, it makes his uh, rating that below average it, because on the no dribble jumper, he he was good. Uh, the other categories, he was poor. So uh, in the spot up shots. So that's where you know we can't under undersell the 31 percent and we'll talk I, I, I do want to talk about that a little bit more later on uh the 31 percent is it something to worry about whatever but when you just look at dennis smith's you know shooting or his offensive uh percentages from last year and even the synergy ratings when it says you know they they start from poor and below average average then there's like a very good there's an excellent like all this different stuff Dennis literally Dennis's all of his categories literally go average 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 below average 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 very good average below average poor. So like that's that's what we're working with from his rookie season that 
you know, we need the, you know, his, the number one thing he did last year was pick and roll ball handler. That was 418, you know, possessions where he yeah. was a pick and roll ball handler. And, you know, 0.7 points per possession, you know, they, they scored on 32% of those times. He, like, that's the 31th or the 31st percentile uh, in the league. He has to get better at that. And, but the biggest thing is, is the shooting. Can he get better, um, Shooting off the ball, spot ups, and all that stuff with Luca. Part of me wonders if we should grade grade Dennis Smith Jr.'s rookie season on a curve, because yeah, because Carlisle put him out there. We were even wondering, you know, if Carlisle was going to go full Carlisle he, and and not start Dennis, you know, from the jump, like even before, way before, you know, draft night and everything. If he, if he drafted a point guard, maybe he wouldn't even start them because he wanted to give them, you know, that time to grow and mature. But instead, Carlisle on draft night, as soon as they drafted Lucas, said I project him to be in the starting lineup. It blew us all away. He put him in the starting lineup and he put him out there in situations that. Honestly, he's probably not ready for. You know, he put him in all those, yeah, those, uh, all those pick and roll, you know, decisions that he had to make and all this stuff, taking all these shots, all these opportunities. We mentioned his usage percentage, and if Carlisle and the Mavericks were not playing great basketball, and they were admittedly not playing great basketball, sometimes on purpose, <laughs> especially towards the end of the year, not on purpose, and you don't know how much that affected his, you know, grade these grades either. But if the Mavericks were trying to play you know, the most effective basketball and not necessarily just trying to not just trying to develop Dennis, but trying to play effective basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you have the, you have those two factors, trying to develop Dennis and trying to develop his game, giving him reps in these categories that maybe he's not good at. A lot of them were th- these floaters. He was trying all these floaters. That was a big storyline last year. A lot, of the, a lot of this is time playing with J.J. Barea that he wasn't effective at at all playing last year. And that's, you know, eventually we learned that that was getting him ready to play with Luka Doncic. And so you have these two things that kind of make it so that we have to grade Dennis's season last year on a curve a little bit. Because if the Mavericks were trying to play completely effective basketball, trying to win games, trying, you know, not just trying to develop Dennis, but actually putting him in a place to succeed right now, you know, day one, I think his season would have been different. Yeah. And I mean, all the, like you make great points with that because of the whole situation. You can never fully, you know, factor in exactly what the situation, how that impacts different stat lines for for the better and sometimes for the worse. Yeah. I mean, in Dennis, yeah. we think it impacted him for the worse, but like some of these situations where you're like, oh, that's a high volume score on a very bad team, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh man, well he has a cool stat line, but it doesn't result in wins. It, it's a sucky team. So um, that's where. You might even we might look at the All Star break this year, and Trey Young might be having like averaging a lot of points, but their team sucks. And Luca's you know more of a steady stat line, but the Mavericks obviously have a better record at that time. Hopefully, so like you know oh that's gosh. just a- oh gosh, please yes, please basketball gods, <laughs> hopefully yes. Oh my gosh, that Hawks um, team is going to be awful. Oh, absolutely horrible. Uh, but maybe on purpose. <laughs> So like yeah, the biggest question for Dennis is can can he uh, can he become a better shooter? Even yep. when it comes to the free throw line, he shot sixty nine percent from the free throw line last yeah. year. Yeah, um, for somebody like him that gets to the basket like he does, we need that to go up. So we also need the free throw attempts to go up. Yeah, <laughs> two point eight free throw attempts per game. Uh, that's not a lot. <laughs> 
Yeah, and you know that was kind of a storyline last year between Mavs fans and Dennis talking about him getting, you know, being a rookie and just different calls he wasn't getting and all this different stuff. So hopefully he gets uh, the friendly whistle a little bit more this year, and um, free throw percentage goes up. I mean, really, we just we need to see the biggest thing for him. Can, can he, you know, raise these percentages across the board as a shooter? Because not only for him as a player, but now we've added this other playmaker that will open up more shots for him. And that's that's the key to everything is him playing off the ball. Not really him playing off the ball all the time, but just the ability of some DeAndre getting rebound and just hitting the first person and just being able to play off the ball. That's you know that's everybody's question. Can he play off the ball to Luka and all this stuff? And the shooting is the biggest key to all of that. And he's not going to play solely off the ball. We, this, has no. been, this has been such a big storyline because he's not effective in that area and because that's going to be harder for him. Playing on the ball, he's still pretty good. You know, He's still going to be able to do the things. Uh, last year, I just looked it up, 12.7 drives per game for Dennis. <laughs> Dang. To drive into the paint uh, and only went to the line 2.8 you know, times per game last year. I think that's going to go up. I think the drives are going to go down, though. He's not going to have as many opportunities. Um, but yeah, the, the playing off the ball, playing with Luca being that second, you know, option on offense, that's going to be a a big storyline for, for Dennis going forward. So when we come back, worst case scenario for Dennis Smith jr. And best case scenario, there's going to be a massive difference between these two. I can already feel it (laughs) by the way, by the way, we're talking about him. Let's start with the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. Dennis shoots the exact same or worse than he did his rookie season. Yeah. Fa- you know, I mean, fair or unfair. Like, I, I think that yeah, that's no, possible that, for him. It's within the realm of possibilities. He does not improve and even gets worse. He hovers around the, you know, the 30% mark from the three point line. Easy. Um, yeah. That's easy. <laughs> yeah. And I think the Tim Cato had a good article in the Athletic talking about ball movement and stuff, yeah, and where yeah, he right. talked with uh, with uh, Rick and stuff, or just different people, whatever. And um, that's just been a key for like camp and stuff. It's their movement and all this stuff. And you know, Dennis has been a focus of that, of not dribbling as much as he did last year. You know that you know by just unleashing somebody into that role that Nick described, you know, a little bit ago that they did with Dennis last year. It's kind of a, you know, there's pros and cons with that. You unleash him and let him spend this whole season growing, starting point guard from day one, and you know that the bad things are going to happen, all this stuff. But you could, you also have to watch out for maybe bad habits that happen also. And one of those, if you want to say bad habit or whatever it was, because he had to do it last year, is, you know, Nick mentioned his usage rate and all this stuff, and how much, you know, he dribbled the ball and had the ball a ton last year. It's That's not going to be the same this year. That's yeah. that. This has been the story of camp of you know come down. You're not going to over dribble in Rick Carlisle's system, or else you will not be on the court. Not not this year. It is you come down, you hit somebody, you pass, you move, you pass, you move. That's going to be their thing, and he's got to adjust to that because that's not what his role was last year. But worst case scenario is it's super hard for him to adjust to that. It, he t- tries to do this ISO ball too much. He can't he doesn't improve the shooting percentages and all that stuff that's worst case scenario for me the the Dennis Smith Jr and the Harrison Barnes worst case scenario are, are kind of connected because they both need to iso less you know like the training yeah. wheels are kind of off that you know they're no longer just allowed to try to build themselves out of these um 
you know these possessions and just try to just try to do something. They're not there's not going to be as many opportunities that the ball just gets in their hands and they say, "All right, do something with it." You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that'll happen sometimes, and we even saw it in the first preseason game that you know Dennis was given the ball and he was just decided to go cross guy over, and he could definitely do that <laughs> against the Beijing Ducks. Um, but it's, that's not going to be the case this season. So that's the worst case scenario. Uh, other other things we didn't really mention in in the the biggest storyline is his defense. Got to mm-hmm. see some defensive improvement. He's got to become. I mean, I don't know if you're looking at his synergy defensive stats, but I imagine that they're all bad. <laughs> just by <laughs> just by watching him. I mean, I don't need it. I don't need a stat tracker to tell me that Dennis wasn't an effective defensive player last year. But we have to see some improvement in that area. Uh, whether it's he can just hey guarding the pick and roll ball handler, he was uh, below average. Below average is not poor though. <laughs> that that is very true. Very true. He's the twenty in the twenty first percentile. Yeah, that's bad though. That's <laughs> really bad. Uh, yeah. yeah, in yeah. that side of the ball, we have to see some improvement from Dennis. Um, DeAndre will probably help that. You know, for sure. Um, Wes and and Harrison Barnes being able to you know have DeAndre back there. You know, being three effective defenders in the starting lineup, I think will help for sure. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith probably getting a lot more minutes helps that I, I guess you know in 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 the matchups and being able to hide Dennis on on players, but he's just got to be able to hold the zone on that end of the floor. And if he doesn't, if he's just you know complete turnstile on defense, then that's part of the worst case scenario for me. Yeah, I completely agree. Good. All right, moving on to best case scenario. Best case scenario, Dennis Smith Jr. completely holds on to this second secondary role on offense he's the slasher he's the the drive and kick guy that the Mavericks really need because the passing with Dennis we mentioned you know five assists a game that's not you know that's not nothing a lot a lot of players didn't average that last year the ability his passing ability helps him you know with this passing offense him and Luca gel really well on the court you know him and Luca we have all these highlights of of Dennis kicking out to Luca and Luca kicking out to Dennis his shooting improves he gets to what do you think best case scenario is three point percentage is going to be? I think this could be our over under. Yeah, well, um, I actually want to go through each of these stat line or a few of these categories and ask you where how much he goes. Okay, up. well, I'll, we'll we'll go back to that in a second. So he he, he grasps all those things. He improves in his shooting. His field goal percentage, you know, increases. His three point percentage increases. Free throw like all across the board. Those things have to all get better. Um, his his points per game, his assists per game, his rebounds. They think that could all stay the same as long as he's more efficient. The best case scenario is Dennis is more efficient. He's at least a you know a below average defender. <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe maybe to average. Yes, uh, takes it you know and then helps lead this team and they make the playoffs. I think I think he will. He would definitely. I I am more confident. I'll say this. I'm more confident that he takes the next step defensively than I am the shot. Interesting. I'm, I think I'm, I'm the confident, other way around. I'm confident in both. I'm confident in both that the, he will take a, a step up in both. But if he had, if you made me pick one, I think it's going to be defense. And it, and I'll say DeAndre plays a role in me saying that because it will allow him to be a little bit more gr- aggressive. It's funny because I think the opposite way because I think that Luca is going to help Dennis's shooting. <laughs> <laughs> bringing on Luca is going to help his shots. shooting. Um, so with the shooting, yeah. where where do you think he lands three point percentage wise? And we, this could I, be our over under. I think worst case scenario he goes to thirty, like he just drops off of okay. that. Yeah, best I agree. case scenario, I think he gets to like thirty five. That's like that's what I said. I, said I think 35. that's best case scenario. Yeah, thirty thirty five percent from three. This is that's what I want from Dennis this year. 
perspective behind that, uh, Harrison shot 35% from three last year. So they shot around the same three-point attempts also. Dennis shot uh, 4.9 per game. Harrison shot 4.3. What about assist? He's at five. You think he stays around five? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think he he can. Yeah, I think that's that's about right. I think his counting stats are all going to be about the same. I think he could be. I think he could get up a little bit. I think more movement, faster pace will result in a little bit more, like six. I'm saying at least six, seven, somewhere through there. And then seven, seven's a lot, man. Seven is a lot. So okay, so I pulled I pulled up something. Uh, last year, average points per game. This is how many players? Seven, seventeen points a game. So we're saying if he goes from 15, and you okay. think he'll stay around 15. Let's just say yeah. he bumps to 17. Okay. 17 points a game. Hits, hits one more shot a game. <laughs> uh, six assists per game and 35% from three. Ooh. How, ma- how many players do you think did that in the league? 15. Seven. Ooh. That was double. <laughs> do you want to take a shot at who did it? Uh, seven players. Okay. Seven players did it. All right, it's got to be like LeBron. LeBron's one of them. Um, Harden. Yes. Like Kyrie. No. He must not have counted then. He <laughs> counted while ago when I did the other one. Uh, Lillard. He might not have had six assists. Lillard, Curry. Correct. So that's four. Um, one of them. No, Chris Paul, and then one Chris of them's Paul. a big man. Jokic? He's the only, yes, Jokic. <laughs> and then the last one will surprise you, John Wall. That does surprise me. What do you think? Nope. Okay, so we're talking about his best-case scenario. In Dennis's career, is John Wall his best-case scenario? No, no, I want to talk about that at the very end. Okay. Yes, because uh, I have something with that. I was um, thinking about that. I was reading this Q and A, which I think is what got me. I think this is what got me suspended from Twitter. I uh, screenshotted some of the athletic Q and A with John Wall, but um, I was reading some of it. And I was like, man, like John Wall is kind of like the player that we compared, you know, Dennis to a lot coming yeah. up in the draft. And I wonder if you know he could ever reach where John Wall is right now, and if he could surpass it. But anyway, continue. I think he could. Um, so yeah, so that's that's seventeen six and thirty five percent from three. Only seven players did that. So when like in casual conversation, we're like, oh, that's not that big of a jump for Dennis. You know, like yeah, I mean, you know, to reach those point when there's not very many people in the league that did that that did that. Yeah. And so like, I think he I think he can get there. So like where where I want him to be is in that I want him to at least hit sixteen. I want it to at least be 16, 6, and 35. Let's see. If he hit like 2% better on free throws, I think he's there. You know what I mean? Like if he just and some, some, people, some people think he's going to – like this is the wide variance of like his points per game, okay? Yeah. I think, I, think, I think 14 would be like the lowest, the worst case scenario. Yeah. But if, you could probably convince me – the right person could convince me that he could average – 18 to 20 this year. I saw some things from... from Who is that uh, person? I would like to speak to that person because they're as optimistic as they come. There are some There are some people that that is are it, confident. Is it that, at DSJ fans? Is that... 
that is not him. There, there are some people that are confident in that he will lead the team in scoring this year. And I still think Harrison won't keep that mantle. But um, if he leads the team in scoring, that like some uh, well-respected people that we know, then they're, then he has to average more than 15. So I don't know. You get 15 from everybody. <laughs> so, okay. So real quick, and I know we're, we're, we're really pushing time. but We're fine. So I was trying to listen to these. (laughs) I was trying to think of somebody, and I was racking my brain around a point guard that you know, because I like trying to pull these uh, different comparisons from across the league or wherever it is. I I was trying to think of a a similar type of situation, a drive and kick. um, Just I they're these guys are not similar exact players, but somebody. just a similar stat line. So I, I want to read you a stat line of somebody and tell me if you would be happy if this was Dennis. For just this um, next year. This coming season. 16.7 points per game. 5.7 assists. 2.3 rebounds. 37% from three. That's a pretty big jump. Pretty big jump from three-point line for sure. Um, averaging 30 minutes a game. This is Tony Parker in the 2013-14 season when they won the finals. And mm. he was an he was an all-star that year. And I use him as an example. Because Dennis Smith Jr. is making the all-star team. <laughs> no, I use this as an example because Tony was surrounded by Duncan. He had Lillard. They were very successful that year. They had uh, six players that averaged Lillard. What, what did you just? No, mean? no, no. Uh, uh, Leonard, Leonard, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> they did not have Lillard. <laughs> they had Duncan. They had Kawhi Leonard. Um, Bellinelli averaged eleven points that season. They had six players that averaged in double figures last year. And going back to your point a little bit ago, whenever I said, "Hey, he's got to average more than fifteen points to lead the team in scoring," Tony Parker led the team in scoring that year for the Spurs at sixteen point seven. Because it was Tony at 16.7, it was Tim Duncan at 15, then it was Kawhi at 12.8, then it was Ginobili at 12.3, and then it was Bellinelli at 11.4, and Patty Mills at 10. That's where I see this team. Yes. So could there? So I'm trying to say that, am I saying Dennis Smith Jr. is Tony Parker? But no. But that type of role that Tony played with that well-rounded Spurs team – that's where I want Dennis to try to perfect that. That I want him to try to perfect that mid-range shot. But how Tony could get to the paint and then find the find the other guy. And I mean, so like if you want to like six players because six players average in double figures for the Mavericks this year. Dennis, wow, Luca, that's a lot, yeah. Dennis, Luca, Harrison, Wes, DeAndre. That's five. A Dirk. Dirk or JJ after that, that would make six. Or Costas. Or Costas. And then just be all dunks. <laughs> all of them. What if Costas is the first player to ever average double double digit points? Only With dunks. Just dunks. <laughs> Only dunks. <laughs> So that, so like, I mean, I, I, mean, I see I could, that as I could a see possibility. It. <laughs> I mean, especially with they're talking about the faster pace. The team was so slow last year. They're going to improve the pace. We already saw them try to do that a little bit in the first preseason game. So. I could see it as, as a possibility. All those guys Last, averaging, but but then that means some of these guys' points per game are going to be down. You know, like Barnes isn't going to average twenty points per game if everyone's hitting double digits. Last year they had five. 
Harrison Barnes, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., Yogi, and JJ. JJ averaged at 11.6 points per game off the bench. If he's healthy, I mean, that, that was a crazy season for him last year. But him and Yogi both averaged in double digits. Um, yeah. Hmm. Actually, no. They had six players. Or did they? Yeah, they had six. Because Dirk did too. So JJ, Dirk, Yogi, Dennis, Wes, and Harrison. So they should be there again. I think they will. They should. As far as having around six. We, we just talked ourselves into a circle. <laughs> so going all the way we back. We talked ourselves we, into That was insane. <laughs> Maybe it's not insane. Oh, wait. They did it last year. Okay. It's not as insane as we thought. <laughs> Going all the way back to what Maybe we you were shouldn't saying. do this many podcasts in a row. <laughs> what you were saying with is John Wall, Dennis's peak. And I just want to throw out there of looking at somebody, a people like to throw Russell Westbrook out there a lot too. And you mentioned his, his shooting before. And I'm just going to list off Russell Westbrook's rookie season. He averaged 15 points per game. Yep. He averaged five assists yep. per game. And he shot 27% from three. Bad. Dennis Smith Jr. averaged 15 points per game, five assists per game, and 31% from three. Do you have three. Russell's minutes in front of you? I'd, I'd be curious to know how many minutes and like what his usage was. He averaged 32 minutes that season. I do not have his usage in front of me. I will. Efforting. So, Russell's second season in the league, he averaged 16 points per game. But he, but he bumped his assist to eight assists a game, big time. So like even when we talk about Dennis's shooting and saying, man, he has to because when you okay when you look at that OKC team, you know what would have been perfect for Kevin Durant and what back then of saying, you know what he needs? He needs a guy playing next to him off the ball that can hit a three pointer. Russell Westbrook has to hit a three pointer for them to succeed. And I get it. They never want a title and however you want to define success and all of that different stuff. But Russell Westbrook is a 31% career three-point shooter. He has he averaged, these are his past five seasons, three-point shooting. 29% last year, 34% the year before, 29, 29, 31. And going around, I mean, his first two seasons in the league was 27 and 22. Obviously, Russell gets to the basket at will. But that's something that's something Dennis Smith Jr. is really good at too, though. All right, Isaac. But do we think he's good? <laughs> is he good though? <laughs> uh, Russell Westbrook usage percentage is rookie year twenty five point eight. Hmm. What a was Dennis? A little lower than Dennis's. Dennis's was like twenty nine. Okay, okay. His was a lot. <laughs> but uh, I think those are fairly comparable. I mean, you talk about the shooting and Russell Westbrook's never, like you said, never really been a you know three point shooter. Now he does a lot of things incredibly well. A lot of other things that Dennis doesn't do well at this point. Yeah, um, but I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting comparison. Yeah, I mean the past three seasons for Russ, he averaged ten a game. But before that, I mean, it was kind of all over the place. His his rebounds has gradually went up. You know, he's obviously bigger than Dennis and stuff like that. But there is a pathway, though, for Dennis to to reach that John Wall. Do I think he'll ever be at Russell Westbrook's level? Probably not, no. just because, you know, size and just different stuff with that. But do I think that he could be at the level of John Wall, like you asked earlier? I think he very well could reach that point. And I think that we see John Wall, we think, like, oh, multi-time all-star. And if John Wall's in the West, he's not making the all-star team like five times. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. He's kind of more like in the Mike Conley 
role where Mike Conley's always been on the outside looking in. Yeah, it's kind of like LeBron. Like, LeBron wouldn't get to the finals all those years if he was in the West. It's true. He's not wrong. He's not wrong, guys. (laughs) I know he's hating on LeBron. I was ready for that. I just rolled with it. (laughs) He's making it this year, though. (laughs) (laughs) Not the finals. No. All right, guys. There you go. Uh, Let's do our over-under, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a day. You want to do assists? You want to do free throw attempts? Because I think free throw attempts. Oh, gosh. Free throw attempts. So last year he was at 2.8. So you want to go over under five. He was at 2.8 last That's year. Like, oh, gosh. Five is a lot. I wonder how many players attempted, you know, like 15 shots a game and only shot 2.8 free throws. Like, uh, In Russell Westbrook's MVP season, he averaged 10.4. I know. Wow. <laughs> um, is that a good over under? I mean, free, we could do free that. Throw attempts, that's a big part of his game coming up this year. Okay. Um, 2.8. I'll say give me. Um, What's the number? We're setting it at five. I was going to say five. Man, that's tough. We didn't have anybody on the team last year average over 4.1. <laughs> and that was Harrison. <laughs> and everybody crucified him for it. <laughs> um, not, I'll, take the, I'll take the under. You take the over? I'll take the over. Sure. I'll believe okay. in Dennis. <laughs> I'll be the, the believer this time. I'll take I'll take the under on Dennis. Listen, m- biggest thing for Dennis this year, and you know, this preview pod's been all over the place for Dennis, but <laughs> but it all defines the like the all over the place type of season he could have. We said at the very beginning of this podcast, he is the one player through all of this that could I mean, the variance of where predicting the type of season Dennis Smith Jr. will have is the hardest thing to predict right now. And will he completely excel with Luka Doncic? We'll see. And we're super excited to see if that actually happens and it works. Uh, could he be along the similar Dennis that he was last year? Yeah, there's a path for that too. And tying a bow on everything, and it's not hating on Dennis. Somebody you know, tweet us and stuff when we were talking about this a few weeks ago. There is a window for Dallas to figure out if this Dennis and Luca thing will work long term, and we don't want to talk. You know, you don't want to think about that now because we're super excited for our young guns and all that stuff. But there's a window for that, and if they can make this thing work, it could be super special. And we've threw out different duos that we try to compare, like these type of games and how they can complement each other of like a James Harden, Chris Paul. And I like the LeBron Kyrie thing and like stuff like that, like this playmaking big and, and Dennis Smith Jr. and all this stuff. But when we're talking about him improving as a player, we have to see better shooting from him this season. And by all accounts and by everything that we've heard and you know, talked to people and everything, that's what he spent his whole entire summer on. And it was cool just seeing him the other night. He pulled up right, you know, right off the shoulder, just you know, drained a shot off the dribble, and it's like that's the small things like that that we like. We're excited to see, and the dunks will be there. We know that the dunks will be there, the cuts will be there, the breakaways, the highlights. Those things will be super fun. But if Dennis can knock down that outside shot at a consistent rate with Luka Doncic, watch out. It 
it's going to be nice. Watch out. It's going to be nice. And it's going to be another nice week of Locked On Mavericks podcast. Guys, thanks for tuning in on this episode. We will be back again. Like we mentioned, we'll probably have a Locked On Mavs live stream sometime this week, either Friday after the game or Monday. So check back in with us. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Oh, yeah. And guess what? We are top 10 again. We are number six in the Lockdown Network, and that includes Lockdown NBA and Lockdown Fantasy. Thanks, guys.